go to Ecclesiastes and read just a couple of verses. And we're in the second chapter. Those who are maybe visiting with us or haven't been with us uh, much this year, we're going to uh, build a worldview. How do these Christians view the world that we're ever in? How do we to act, react? And uh, so we're going to get into even some issues this summer. Uh, as we're done with the last week's getting into how do we stand for the faith? You know, even though the world is going in a completely different direction, why do we stand where we do? So we're going to talk about some important things. And today we're going to talk about the vanity of work. Vanity of labor. Let's go ahead and stand together, if you would, please. Ecclesiastes 2, verse 24 is where we're going to read it again. We're going to read more, but we're going to save a little time. Ecclesiastes 2, verse 24. There is nothing better for him than that he should eat and drink, and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw, that it is from the hand of God. For who can eat or who else can hasten here unto more than I? Psalm saying, Nobody after me can have it better than me. Verse 26. For God gives it to a man that is good in his sight, wisdom, and knowledge, and joy. But to the sinner, he gives it to a veil. That's what we're going to talk about the work, the toil. To gather, to keep up, to make good to him that is good before God. This also is vanity and vexation of spirit. Father, we look at your word coming in this blessed time. Holy Spirit, we yield to you this time and teach us all the importance of our labor for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. That's a lot of people. How are you doing these days? What do you mean by doing this? Well, I'm going to work, take a home, I work, and try to eat, and then uh, work and eat and sleep, and that's what we do, and then we get up the next day and we do it again. We have an epidemic though with Northside. You know what the epidemic is? With all these people retiring. All of us don't like, oh, I'm retired this week. You know, the senior readers retired. We got my brother, you know, just, just retired or, or playing on retiring, and uh, good for you. <laughs> Everything again to your own result. 
And then that thing that they need to be the best of And you think it's tomorrow, I'm going to get up and do the whole thing all over again. And now he's like trying to pay a thousand bucks because that's the day we're going to do. So you're trying to pay a thousand bucks into, you know, those settings of child for you know, the, you know, the emergency fund. And we can only receive a thousand dollars, and you know what you're going to have. The next day, how does that work to you? How much does it cost? $1,100. You can't say it's a bad thing. It's probably wrong. It's a bad thing. 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 It's a Jesus said, do 
while you are here, while I'm here, my whole aim is Jesus Christ. My life is for Christ. He is my all in all. I'm going to have you by the hand. He answers my prayer. He is my high priest. He has given me his holy priest. Everything I, I belong to him. I've been purchased by him. I'm against the desert. So while I'm here, I want to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. So when I die, and you're going to notice how labor and death are always in the same chapter. Because we live in a death. And so he's like, for me to live right now, I'm going to be living for Jesus Christ. But when I die as a believer, it is a gain for me. The worst the labor is the gain. Losing life and death is the gain. We really want to get to heaven. Stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, receive the crown, we get to be there for all eternity, live with a new body. Yes, we win. So, while we're here, I realize that my life is about producing for Jesus Christ. That's why I'm talking about it. If I stay here, I don't know if I'm going to be But if I'm going to be here, this is what it's going to be. My life is going to be for the Lord Jesus Christ to produce fruit. And my labor is to produce for the Lord Jesus Christ and for His cause. That's the first thing to have in your mind. While you're living, you're living for Jesus. Christians, we're not here for us. I am crucified with Christ. Not the way I live. We see the same concept. I die daily. Why? So I can live the way the rest of life. It's about Jesus Christ and who He is, and I'm not my own. I've been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. I belong to Him. I'm a bond servant of Jesus Christ. Okay. Number one. Number two. We're going to go to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6. For God is not unrighteous. In what area? He says, you forget your work and labor of love. In other words, love for God, love for His creation, love for man is why we work and we labor, which ye have showed toward His name. In that, you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Verse 11. And we desire that every one of you be sure of the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto until the end. What he's saying is, you keep showing love till the end of your life. Some of us know we have a whole lot bigger ahead of us than we do behind us. We are at the end. There is bread, and we understand that. Love to end. Because God says, we know that God is not unrighteous to forget everything that you've done and your labor through the brotherhood. It is not in vain. Everything you do, God is going to remember, and as we're going to talk about in a moment, He's going to give you a reward. Go over to Ephesians now with me in chapter 6. 
sometimes we think we labor for Jesus when we come to church. I'm in choir, I teach a Sunday school class. Oh, what do you do for the Lord? Oh, I, I, I have no new children, or I'm in a nursery. All those things are for the Lord. I'm not minimizing that. But sometimes we think when we get out of the church and we go home, we stop. We're out there a lot more than we are in here. That is what we're focusing on. What are we doing at home, at work, where we live? We were laboring for him also, not just here in these walls. Constantly, we are laboring for him. So, he says, I'm watching you everywhere. He's not going to forget your work of love and the things that you've done. And that is he's going to miss how you labor outside of this place. He says in verse 6, I'm in Ephesians chapter 6, I'm sorry, verse number 5. So, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. Your spirit will fear and trembling and singleness of your heart. What's the last phrase? As unto Christ. So if you go into work tomorrow, I'm a preacher at work. So if you go out and work, and then you've got a boss over time, you need to go in there, and he says, This is the way you're supposed to do it. The last thing you're supposed to do is say, you know, that's a really stupid way of doing it. You just listen to us. We're doing it. You know, and, and you will be surprised how we begin to fight those that are over, and there's no respect, no fear, nothing. And, and here's what I need you to do. Tomorrow you go, factory, wherever you go, and you're going to work, and you start talking to your boss, look at him as he is Jesus. That's what he's actually saying. You serve Him as you serve Christ with respect, not answering each other, all the things we see that, 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 that God talks to us about. You go to work and you show the leaders respect. You say, well, they don't deserve it. Yes, they do. Because God's watching you how you submit to authority. The greatest way for you and I to witness and to labor for Christ submit to authority. The world's mindset says there's no one's over top of me. I'm my own boss. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. If I disagree with them, I'm going to rip into them. And we are where we are as a result of that. The Christian comes in and heals. We submit to authority. No matter where it's at, most likely, as those who are over are watching your heart and your mind when it comes to a job elevation, guess who they're going to consider first? Because they know they can trust you. They're going to do what you're supposed to be doing. And then others will wonder, why did he get the job? You know why? Because he did it God's way. God is not wrong. The wrong happened. I'm not saying this is a short thing. And I know in my experience, my last job at the factory, 31 days, I was taken to be a lead man over God. I've got over there for 20 and 25 years because I did God's way. And I had, I worked hard. I submitted to authority. What they told me to do, I did. I made 
working in the right way, and immediately they laid, lifted me up to a higher position, higher pay than they were making, and they were talking to me about supervision. You know why? You, you ask boss out here, what are you looking for in employees? Again, that's what they're looking for. And then listen to them. You're going to submit They're in control. They may have built that business, and they didn't get there because of being forced. They understood the model. They understood what to do. And so we learn from them, and then we all try to bless as a result. Because also, as I'm saying, for this, not of our service, not just when the boss is watching, even when he's out of the building, you keep working hard doing what you're supposed to be doing, not as men pleasers, as by service of Christ in the will of God working on the heart. Your job, men and women, you have to have a heart for what you're doing. You say, I hate my job, we're going to know that. Job doesn't do that. Anyone who knows your job doesn't. That is holding you back. You need to get underneath it before you find another boss. Take all your value, take it to work, and try to help that company succeed. If you them to be successful in everything they're doing, you say, well, what am I going to get out of it? That's the point. You're always thinking, I want more money. God says, you're doing it under me. I'm going to reward you someday because you're doing it my way. And work your way for Jesus, not just that company. And I got hold of that, and I went to work, and I mean, not to worry, but when I left to go into ministry from the first job that I had been there for seven years, they had to get two guys, two guys to do what I was doing in eight hours. And you see, bragging? No, I didn't realize what work meant. And we're, in America, we're becoming lazy. I want to do as little as I can to get as much money as I can. And that's not the attitude of Christians. Christians are saying, I want to work and I'm going to give them a full day. And by the way, I wonder if there was a deacon who did that. And the other guys came to him and said, You better quit working hard and make us look bad. They slice his tires and they see his car after work. And it pays him because he's waiting all day. So you have to do this. Look at the worldview. How do you see labor? I'm serving Jesus at work. That boss is my Jesus in front of me. I'm going to serve him like I will serve Christ. And then it goes on and says, from the heart, for God will, excuse me, with with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not men. The list goes on. I got one more verse, and you know it well. First Corinthians 15, 58, and we'll be done. And those who know me know I need it by another 40 minutes. <laughs> Get this one done. This is important stuff. This is this how we do much of what we do for you know through our days, you know. And so he, he, in the subject of the resurrection, and he does many times. The resurrection of the rapture is motivated us to serve him because after we are raptured, we're going to be standing for the Lord for the work and the labor that we have done here on this earth. Everything you and I are doing, here, outside, in home, at work, everywhere we're at, we're going to stand before Jesus Christ for that. I'm going to stand before the Lord as a Christian. I'm going to stand before the Lord as a husband, as a, as a father, 
as a grandfather, and he had done that down this year as a pastor. I'm not saying for the Lord's birth to be a pastor. He wouldn't be a Christian person. Just like you. I don't know what about what he's saying. We're going to see before him for being a Christian, and if you're a father, a mother, you're married, God's looking at how you labor for each other according to the scriptures. And he said, oh, God, what are you going to do about it? I guess he's going to suffer for it. You are. You do God, what he's going to bless you. It's not in this life, the one that follows. So we're working, we're trying, we're doing surgery, we're doing things in the Bible, we're trying, we're going to work, we're coming on, and we're like, oh, it's too late, the wheel was
Jacob of Pleasure Burke's invitation, and as he does, my friend, if you have not received Christ as your personal Savior, Jesus Christ loves you so much, he has purchased you with his blood, he wants to forgive you of your sin by faith, and you call on him and say, God, I'm a sinner, I know that, and if Jesus died for me and rose again for me, he will save you and deliver you from your sin, will be forgiven, will be given eternal life, and go to heaven. So, if you haven't made that decision, please, I encourage you to do so. You have more questions about that. You come and you see me. See Captain and someone, and we'll be glad to talk with you about that decision. The rest of us just think about what God's worked on our part about when it comes to labor.